You are listening to The Limitless Podcast. I'm your host, Deanna Heron. What if you had no limitations keeping you from your dream life? In 2016, I had a major tug on my heart to write a book about my story. And in the process, I learned that I had been operating with a very faulty belief system for the majority of my life. I've had a huge transformation since then. And my life's passion and mission is to teach you how to live a limitless life. Join me on this journey. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Limitless Podcast. This is Deanna Heron, your host. As always, I am thrilled to be with you and thank you for being a part of this incredible community of like-minded women who seek to better themselves. So first and foremost, I just want to say I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for what you are wanting to create in this life. And I'm proud of you for doing the work because I know firsthand that to get where you want to be, it does require some work. So I'm proud of you for being a part of this community and just wanting to grow and impact so many lives. First and foremost, I want to remind you of my mission. My mission is to help women stand in their truth because a woman standing in her truth becomes limitless in her impact. And so what is your truth? And that truth is becoming unapologetic for who you are, what you stand for, and what you believe. So I know there's so many of you who are walking through that right now, and I just want to give you a a high five and a big hug. So today, I am continuing on the Women Warrior series, and I'm super excited to introduce. I is a friend of mine, and this woman is someone that I met through a mutual community, and we are so like-minded. I love her mission. I love her passion for helping others. And so please help me welcome my guest today is Jen McCutcheon. And so grateful to have you on this podcast. And I would love for you just to share a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you're about, your loves, and your mission in this life. So welcome. Uh, Thank you, Deanna. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor to be here. And you are such a dear friend. We have become so, so close. And I'm just so, so grateful to have you in my life and for asking me to come on here and uh, chat with you and your listeners. So thank you. So yes, I mean, I am, ooh, who am I? <laughs> that's a that's a loaded question, right? <laughs> um, I honestly, I am a warrior. I am a warrior. I am a woman. I am a mom. I am a survivor. I am a thriver. <laughs> I am you and you are me. And um, I have two beautiful children. I have a stepson. Uh, they're all in their early 20s. And I am so grateful to be a mom. And I am an entrepreneur. And I have had an entrepreneurial spirit for, spirit for quite some time. I've been in a couple of different types of businesses over, over my um, adult life. Um, I've also gone through some really crazy and challenging life experiences that have really awakened me to wanting to know even more who I am. And that is that is one of my missions is to really reveal and unveil who I truly am. And that is my work right now, my work for myself, um, which has really um brought me to being able to help others rediscover who they are and stand in their truth and their power. Um, My life has been one of the biggest things is I've been struggled with loved ones with addiction. Um, I've been married twice and divorced twice. 
Both of my uh, ex-husbands are addicts, have struggled with addiction. And my son began his journey on addiction when he was 15, uh, which was the hardest thing I have ever been through. But, and I am so grateful for, and has brought me to where I am today, living my truth, living in love, um, learning how to accept some of the most difficult things <laughs> that have really gifted me um, a life that I could never have imagined. Okay. Woo! We don't even need to say anymore. That's so good. <laughs> so beautiful. Uh, full body chills, like really. And I can't wait for everyone to hear what you are going to share. And so just for those of you who are new to this podcast, this podcast series, what series was started because you know, we as successful women and women who are wanting that that success or have that dream or that goal or that desire, and you look at women who have achieved what you want, you look at them and you go, oh gosh, we have a tendency to compare ourselves to where we are today and the woman that we see on social media or the woman that we see on stage. And what I want you to understand is you are looking at the shinier version of the woman who went through so many arena moments of of growth and um, so many times where it was difficult at times to get back up and get back in the game. And I want you to know that you are a part of something so incredibly um, life changing when you are in that arena moments, because on the other side of that is so much growth and so much mm. clarity. So this, this podcast series really started because of a, a poem, a, excuse me, a quote that I, fell in love with, with Theodore Roosevelt. And I think it was made popular by, by Brene Brown. And so if you've been with this series for a while, you may have this quote memorized by now. I read it every single episode. If you are new, you're going to love really what I have to say about this because it uh, will just speak to your heart. So this was written by Theodore Roosevelt. And it says, it's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how strong the man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man, I'm going to say woman, who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes up short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming. And I want you to remember that. There is no effort without error and shortcoming. But who does actually strive to do the deed, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself or herself in a worthy cause, who at best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. So we're talking about the arena moment that defined a certain period in your life. And Jen, I, I would be honored if you would share that arena moment for you. I would love to. I would love to. And that was so beautiful. And, you know, your mission is just so inspiring. And I'm just so, so thankful for the work that you're doing and just the reach, the reach to share with other women that this is a journey that we are all on. We are all on this journey of really stepping into our truth. And my arena moment, as you said, I have had many, like many arena moments. And 
you know, this one actually, you know, came up. I was thinking about it, you know, yesterday. What do I want to talk about? And again, in sharing vulnerably, there's a there's a little twinge of like, ah, am I gonna go there? Right. And I want, I want to just start the topic off with with vulnerability. We are connecting to people. We are connecting. And that's what we all are seeking, this connection. And as much as, you know, there's part of me that's like, I'm going to go here because I am one that breaks my molds and breaks my my these limiting beliefs that somehow, whatever, somebody's going to judge me or, and that's where we break out of our comfort zone and we actually grow more. <laughs> so this, this arena moment was, um, honestly, I was sitting in a vehicle with my daughter and, you know, my first husband uh, was an addict. I had to rebuild with two little babies. My daughter's, you know, father, um, not a part of her life and my son's life for the majority of their lives because of addiction. Um, I remarried and remarried where with a husband who started struggling with alcoholism. In the meantime, my son began his addiction journey and I was surrounded by addiction. I was surrounded by feeling disempowered in every aspect of my life. I was I, I was doing everything I could possibly do as moms and as women to try to hold or glue <laughs> the cracked vase together. My family was this vase and everything. I was just I would get glue on one crack and another crack would happen. I would glue that crack and another crack and another crack. And it was beyond, beyond my abilities. And yet as a mom, I had this belief that it was my job. It was my role. It was my responsibility to hold this, this thing together. And my daughter, who was mm, probably about 17 at the time, um, had such wisdom for me because she was watching me. She was watching me struggle. She was watching me suffering. She was watching me throwing myself in front of the moving train every day to try to keep it from going off the tracks. <laughs> and I had one vision, one mindset that I had to hold it together for everybody else. And it was it was, I was at a point where I literally was, my hair was falling out. I was breaking out in rashes all over my body. I was under so much chronic stress. I had digestive problems. I was struggling with depression. That's just a few things that I was struggling with. And I just kept going because I had this core belief that that was the only thing that I was really good at, <laughs> that holding this together was my job. And when my daughter came to me in the car, we were sitting there, I was dropping her off at a girlfriend's house. Again, still doing all my daily tasks on top of everything else that I was doing. And she said to me, you know, mom, you can't keep doing this to yourself. You have to leave. And what she was referring to was my marriage. And it was a really hard moment for me because I had been trying to hold everything together because I thought that's what I was supposed to be doing to, to provide for my family, to feel like I was actually in control of something, 
because every aspect of my life was completely out of control. And for me to surrender and say, I can't do this was like impossible for me. I had such resistance because of my own inner feelings and core beliefs that there was something wrong with me, that I wasn't enough. My, my marriage was failing again. My son was struggling, barely surviving from addiction. You know, my daughter was struggling. My job was struggling. You know, my career was str- everything. Everything was a disaster. And it was a moment where it was an undeniable moment when my child looks at me with love and compassion and says, mom, you can't keep doing this. You have to leave. And it was a pivotal moment for me because that mama bear syndrome, that feminine woman, we have to hold everything together, regardless of how much it is destroying us from the inside out. It shifted me and I recognized, I looked at my daughter and I was like, this is a moment. Who am I? Who am I? What am I doing? And am I doing the right thing for me? Am I doing the right thing for her? Who am I really, who am I in this for? And it just shifted my mindset that it's okay to not be okay because everybody else can see that I'm not okay. (laughs) It was a wake-up call. It was a wake-up call for me. And I started to really question my, my thoughts, question my beliefs, and I started to surrender, which was a really hard thing for me to do because I liked to have a sense of control And it was this false sense of control that I recognize now was built on a sense of a false sense of beliefs. The beliefs were why I kept doing the same things that weren't working, that were destroying me and and also destroying my family. And when I started to look and step back and, and understand this false sense of control this false identity that I was showing up in every day and started to peel off those layers and actually start asking, what do I want? What do I need? When I actually started to connect with those things, took me a while because I had lost myself completely. I no longer knew what I wanted. I knew lo- no longer knew what would even make me happy or bring joy to me because everything I did was for everybody else which I thought was my role, but it it wasn't working. So when we're at that place where things aren't working, it's time to step back and people are giving you messages. I had other people giving me messages and I I didn't listen. I had my, you know, the, the earmuffs on. I didn't want to hear it. I didn't want to hear it, but it was my daughter looking at me and saying what she said that made me go, what am I doing? Is this working? And that moment shifted, huge shift for me. And I started to take back control of my life. I started to ask myself, what do I need? And I started to actually take care of myself. I started to set boundaries. I started to pull away and and like what I will and will not tolerate in my life. And I also did it as a woman, knowing that my daughter was watching me. What legacy am I leaving for her as a woman to stay in a marriage where I was being, there was a power imbalance, there was emotional and mental abuse. 
there, it was just a toxic relationship. And then with my son showing up and literally throwing myself in front of a moving train to try to keep him alive, what was I showing my daughter as a woman? It had to change. And from that point, I started to adjust and shift and pivot and heal. And it's been a constant movement forward since. Has it been easy? No, it's been a huge challenge, but it's been worth every single, every single moment. You said so many powerful words um, in what you just said. I just want to circle back for just a minute because, um, you know, you said surrender, you said control, but you also said something in, in, you know, we can circle back on those two on what do I need? And I want to talk about that for just a minute, because I think that is at a, as a woman, that is something that we don't necessarily ask ourselves that question because we think it's very selfish. Yes. And in that moment, you recognized from from a message sent to you from your daughter, who's an angel, like you can't yeah. you can't keep doing this. And so to make that choice to go, what is it that I need a lot of women that are listening right now will go, oh my gosh, I can't even ask that question because it feels so selfish. Mm -hmm. around, around that and how, yeah, how were you able to come, come through with that? Yes. I mean, what I recognize and understand and accept is as women, we have been conditioned to think that way. We have been conditioned to put everybody's needs before our own and we abandon ourselves. We ab I abandon myself. I abandon myself as a mother as well, as a woman, because mother became my role, which was my identity. And for what, you know, whether you're mothering a child or mothering, you know, there's so many ways that we mother. <laughs> it's not even if, even if you don't have children you can still get into this mothering identity and get caring and taking care of everybody else or work or whatever it might be. So just consider that too. Mothering comes in so many different forms in our lives, but we're conditioned to, to, uh, to we have to do everything for everybody else. And that focusing on our own, our own needs is selfish and it is simply not true. It is a conditioned it is a program. It is BS. It is nonsense. And what I've learned through my journey, and I've, this has taken me many, many lessons because I had to go through many, many of these arena moments to truly understand what the lesson was, what was what was being taught to me. It took me a long time to learn it. <laughs> I had to be taught many, many times to get it, um, was that honestly, it is the, it is the, most beautiful gift that we can give ourselves to be able to really truly honor ourselves, to gift ourselves self-love, to gift ourselves self-care, to gift ourselves compassion. We do it for everybody else, but we don't remember to do it for ourselves or we choose not to because we deem it as selfish. And it is simply not true. When you gift yourself love, care, self-care, prioritizing yourself, doing the things that light you up, that fill you up, that expand your consciousness, that help you to grow, 
<laughs> that where you set boundaries to protect yourself and your energy and your worth because you are worthy. That's a huge one. That's, I think, the biggest, that's actually the biggest message is when we tap back into our worthiness that we matter. My daughter helped me remember I matter. My life matters. My needs matter. Yes. And you, you know, in, in another way too, to think about it is what in that particular circumstance in your life, everything that we are doing that our, our children are watching everything we're doing. Mm-hmm. We are mirroring that identity, our identity that we created of what a mother should look like. Yeah. And that's something that, that everyone that's listening, that is a mom needs to tap into. What is the definition of the identity of mother that you created? And your daughter was watching that identity play out in the woman that wasn't honoring herself, wasn't honoring her worth, wasn't mm-hmm. taking care of herself. And it was so beautiful that she was she was the one to point that out and say, man, I, I don't like my mom in this circumstance, and I don't want to be this either. Exactly. Yeah. And I, that really has stuck with me. And, and because it's like, do I want to put, you know, what it's like, if your best friend, if was going through the same thing, what would you say to them? And then it's turn the revolt or reverse the roles again. It's like, if my daughter was going through this, what would I be telling her? We forget to, to have those same conversations with ourselves right? And with that compassion and that self-love, we, we just, we've, we've been programmed to, to put ourselves last that, and, and it's just, I'm, I just, the biggest message is it's, it's baloney. It's nonsense. It's a bunch of BS. Yes. And we show up as better women. We show up as better mothers. We show up as better partners when we love ourselves first, when we prioritize ourselves first, when we are compassionate with ourselves first, because when we do that for ourselves, we, we and we release the judgment and the shame and the guilt around all of it, we can actually hold the space for our kids, for our partners, for our coworkers, for a stranger on the street, for you name it, for whoever you are encountering in your day, you will be able to mirror the same love, the same care and the same compassion for every single person in your life. That's the power of it. And as I continued to grow and shift and change with many, many other scenarios as well, addiction was no longer in control of my life. I took back my power. I took back my worth. And I had to recognize my healing. It wasn't just addiction. It was my own inner traumas. It was my own inner pain from years back since I was a child up until those moments that were contributing to all of the chaos in my life. And it was it wasn't until I really came to terms with recognizing that where I was 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 unfolding for my highest good and that through my acceptance of that taking responsibility that nobody was going to fix it for me that it was my responsibility. It was mine to manage and to work through. That was where I started to really gain momentum in my healing and turning my life around. 
recovering my relationships. Like I'm happy to say it's been a journey, but you know, I had both my kids here this past weekend and my son is in recovery and has been so for probably about two years now. Um, he's had some blips and some relapses and I've been able to manage those and support him through those and love him through those. You know, my daughter is doing well and we're, 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 we're all healing together. And that is the power of coming to that place of self-care and self-love, doing your own inner work, healing, restoring who you truly are. It's a win-win for everybody. I love that restoring who you truly are. Who you truly are. So surrendering that process, what did that look like for you? How did you, how were you able to, to surrender? Because that's a huge, um, that is something that is not an easy thing to, to do. Surrender the right or mm-hmm. render to the healing of what needs to happen what were your next steps in that that piece of surrender yeah so surrendering for me was it, it's in the suffering it really truly is in the suffering and for anybody else out there like me i became an expert at it because i was an expert at resisting what was actually happening i didn't want as much as I was in pain and hurting, it was so hard to surrender to the fact that I was, I had no control over it. I wanted to believe I had control. I wanted to believe that I could fix it because underneath that was this belief that I couldn't, that I wasn't good enough to fix it or to solve it, which is a core trauma that was unhealed from a childhood experience. And we all have these little commands and belief systems that actually are perpetuating our suffering. And the surrender came from literally, for me, so much suffering that I I could no longer function. I I, I came to a point where I just was like, I have done everything I know how to do that I've been told to do that I think I should be doing, and it's not working. I don't, I don't, I just can't do it anymore. I literally was like, I can't do this anymore. I was so miserable. I was hurting so badly. So my suffering, and this is what I do now is I try to work with women to help them understand that they don't have to suffer as long as I did. We can, we can, we can get ahead of the suffering and prevent this long suffering that you don't have, it's not necessary. We don't have to do that. But for me, I really had to hit rock broad bottom I had to hit that turning point many, many times to get back on track, to get to where I really needed to move forward. So the surrendering was just recognizing what I wasn't in control of and then focusing on the things that I was and what I really truly was in control of. The only thing that I was in control of was myself. That's it. So I, that's what I really did just start focusing on myself, focusing on my thoughts. My thoughts that were all fear-based, you know, every time I got off the phone with my son, my thought was that's the last time I'm going to talk to him. I'm never going to talk to him again because he was in active addiction and living on the streets and yada, 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 the whole thing that goes with it. And I had to start reprogramming myself. When I heard that thought, I said, I would talk, my literally, my, my mantra was, I no longer live in fear. I live in love. Every single time I said it over and over and over and over. I no longer live in fear. I live in love. And then I would say, I will talk to him again. I talked to him 
the last time I got off the phone with him, I just got off the phone with him again. He's going to be okay. <laughs> I just started to talk myself through every negative thought, every fear-based thought, every I can't thought. Um, and I still do today. I still, in a different way, right? I still have these limiting beliefs that come up, but I'm aware of them. So I started to become aware of this false sense of control where I thought I got to do this or he's got to do that or I'm going to tell them to do this. It's like, uh-uh, mm -mm, not my business. Yes. I, I have no control over that, anything outside of me. All I have control over is me. And I just kept intercepting any thoughts, any behaviors that showed up and redirected it back to myself and loving on myself. Yes, taking your power back. You took your power back. And that's by the realization that I can only tr control my thoughts, my behaviors, my actions, my yes. my words. It's all about because you we don't have control over anybody else. And when we believe that we do, that's the moment we lose our power. And yeah, it's just coming back to you and what you can control and what you can heal. And you can control your actions, your thoughts, your words, etc. So beautiful. Surrendering, letting go that craziness, believing that we have the power and control over people, <laughs> situations, places, things, etc. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And loving, right? Finding that place of unconditional love. I mean, you know, my circumstance is no different than any other circumstance. I mean, whatever you're struggling with, there's there's a resistance there. And, you know, for me, it was with my with my son, especially with my son, um, and finding a place of being able to love unconditionally, both him and myself and my daughter and everything that was going on and not judging anything, just letting it unfold, letting it unfold and trusting, trusting that I could handle it, I could handle it regardless of anything that was happening, going on and the chaos all around me, I could handle it. And I had tools that I learned to help me in the crises because there was many crises that, you know, you're just starting to heal, you're starting to feel better and a bomb goes off basically or a tsunami hit. Like it, it, it was tough. So, and I like to refer to that as relapses, just like our loved ones relapse and addiction when we're in our healing journey, it's a recovery journey as well. No matter where you are, whether you're dealing with addiction or not, we relapse into old behaviors. We relapse into old thought patterns and, and belief systems. And we don't recognize it in the moment, but it's about bringing awareness. The more you can come back to tools, mindset tools, breath work, you know, uh, mindfulness tools, we can bring ourselves back to right here and right now to be able to move forward. When we're living in the past, we're not present. When we're living in the future, we're not present. We are literally disconnecting from consciousness when we're living in the past or the future. So that was another huge tool for me is finding things that helped me to ground into the present moment. Because I lived in fear most of, most of the time, or I lived trying to plan to prevent shit from happening down the road. <laughs> so it was just like, I was never fully present. And that's where the disconnect and the dis-ease comes from. I'm wondering if you could share some of your your favorite tools. You said breath work and mindfulness. What are some of your favorites that you use? 
Yeah, breath work is a huge one for me. It literally, I, I say this all the time, it literally saved my life. Breath work in the, in the moments of absolute crisis and chaos was the thing that helped me to regulate my central nervous system. Like I said earlier, my body was a mess. Like I was a hot mess. And it was because my central nervous system was just in absolute chaos. So when you're in a moment, whether you're angry, upset, sad, grieving, whatever it might be, you can very quickly through breath bring consciousness back. You can ground yourself and regulate the hormones because actually what's happening is your hormones are just on like on like super drive. <laughs> yes, for sure. Yeah, that fight, flight, freeze or fawn. I mean, it, it's and, we, and it comes out in different ways, but breath work can literally bring you back to this place of calm where you can consciously make choices. When we're making choices from an unconscious state, they're not in most most of the time they're not in alignment with our truth, what we really desire or need or want in that moment. So bringing yourself back online through breath work. There's so many benefits to breath work. Grounding, calm, calm clarity, um you're regulating your central nervous system. So breath work literally is a tool I use every day. Every day. If I'm overwhelmed even with work and I'm feeling stressed out, I step away. Two minutes of breath work can recenter you. Yes. Yes. And I both have that in common and I've experienced your breath work and it's so amazing and so beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Mindfulness, you know, again, staying in the present moment. I mean, I starting off in the morning, getting up and and this was something I was doing for for a long time is you know, whatever I was doing, if I was brushing my teeth, that's all I was doing. And I would pay attention to my thoughts. People think that meditation is quieting the mind so that there's no thoughts there. Just this blank slate. Yes, you can get there. But as a as a as somebody just beginning, and even for me, who's been practicing meditation and mindfulness for years and years and years, I still have a struggle some days quieting my mind and having that blank slate. I can get there, but some days I can't. <laughs> so for anybody that's starting any of these practices, it's really important to recognize it's not about quieting and having no thoughts. It's about recognizing, it's becoming aware of the thoughts so that you actually have control to redirect them, to intercept the ones that don't serve you and replace them with ones that do. So I'd brush my teeth, I'd make my coffee, and I'd be literally just like grinding my coffee beans, pouring water into the coffee maker, grabbing my mug, and being very mindful about it, taking in the colors, the sounds, the smell of the coffee brewing. It's a practice. It doesn't just happen, but it's this, it's the stepping stones. It's those mini commitments that help you to stay in the present moment where you actually become aware of your thoughts become aware of your feelings, the emotions, the somatics that you feel in your body, the, the tension in your throat, the, the, the racing heart, right? We become aware of those things. And with awareness, we can change anything that isn't working. Anything. Yes. So good. Yes, for sure. Yeah. It's very, it's very interesting because the first, man, I noticed the first 30 minutes of my day, my mind is just on high alert, all the thoughts and all the things and all the to-do lists. 
and all of the questioning, what that conversation I had last night, did I approach that right? You know, you're just, it's just that constant thing. And to me, mindful of that. Yes. Your morning, so I have a morning mindset ritual um, that I work with my clients and I do myself because I'm the same way. You wake up and it's like, boom, it's like you're out of bed, you're moving, you're just going on, you're going, starting your day, but there's no intention behind it. And you're not centered. You're literally, or your, your alarm goes off or you wake up and you're out of bed. So I like to, I like to guide people before your feet hit the ground, you're breathing, even like a 60 seconds of just conscious breath. Conscious breath, meaning all you're doing is paying attention to your inhale and your exhale, just listening, feeling, sensing that breath, you know, stating what you're grateful for. Three things. What are you grateful for? What is your intention for the day? Like it can be as something as simple as today is going to be a great freaking day, yes. right? It doesn't have to be like, oh, okay, I got to think about this. What is, what is, what do you want today to be? Own it, say it, claim it, affirm it. That's your intention for the day. And then, you know, how, you know, how maybe there's something specific that you're wanting to work on that day. And again, just affirming it and then being mindful, moving through your day with mindfulness. If you catch yourself overwhelmed and just not even know, like I used to drive from point A to point B, not know how to, how to get there. It's like, okay, that's not mindful. I'm not driving mindfully. (laughs) And I know I, every time I say that people are like, oh yeah, I've been there. But yeah, it's like just being, maybe it's just being mindful, catching yourself when you're drifting and you're not present and pulling yourself back through centering and breath. Yeah, that, I call that the power pause because that was something that that in my high hustle mentality, it was that go, 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 push, 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 never present in the moment. And it was, it, I have learned there's power in the pause when I'm feeling that overwhelming anxiousness, that means to me, don't press forward. It means to pause right now, go upstairs, put my AirPods in, do a meditation, do a breath work and come back. And my productivity and my mindset is spot on. If I had pressed forward, it, you know, would have put my body into overdrive, stress mode, anxiety, um, which is so harmful for our body. So yeah, I love that you're Mm -hmm. saying that but it's that power pause that we need that so many times we don't feel like we have the time to do. And we, and that it is the most, it is the most beneficial thing that you can do in any moment of overwhelm. And I love the power pause because one of the things I say is um, when we press pause on our breath, we press pause on life. So it's just taking that moment to pause, to be, to center because when we center and then we move forward, we're in alignment. Mm-hmm. When we're just moving, we're just in this moment of the, we're just moving through chaos. We're just getting through it with no with no consciousness behind it. Exactly. We're so much more powerful when we are moving through consciousness. Yes, exactly. So I love I love what you have said. So um, learning to surrender has been huge. Just surrender that moment, surrender that circumstance and move forward into that healing aspect. And we're going to talk about that in just a second. Learning that you're not in control, you're only in control of yourself at that moment and 
you know, it's, it's such a great thing for people to be able to draw a circle and say, what am I in control of? And put what you truly are in control of in that circle and everything that's not in that circle, we have to surrender it. Yeah. So, yeah. In that moment, just, just recognizing what you're trying to control. And then your, your power tools are so powerful. Breath work, you guys. Breath work is everything. It is everything. If you walk out in nature in the mornings, I mean, my birds around here are so incredibly loud in the mornings. Why? Because they are breathing that that fresh air first thing in the morning. And, and I love your tip on, you know, taking that moment before you even put your feet on the floor and doing that that breath work and, and that mindfulness practice. Any other tools that you have? Yeah, I mean, there's so many. I, one of the things that I, I love to do is is a shaking practice. And it is a powerful practice. It feels really goofy when you first start doing it. Um, but I'm trained in Kundalini yoga and shamanism. And it's very, it's, it's like, again, we have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable because it's a powerful tool. Animals do it. When you look at, you know, a bird having a bird bath or, you know, um, an animal who's just gotten into a, a fight with another, they shake and they release this energy. They're not just shaking for the sake of shaking. It's their body. It's their intuition of their of releasing energy that doesn't serve them. And we're we're no different. We hold energy. I became so sick because of the stress I held within my body. So when we find things at work, turn on some fun music that you love, or if you're angry, put on your angry playlist. <laughs> I mean, we all have this the, all these different playlists. Put on a playlist that makes you move and shake like shake it out, shake, like literally shake your arms, shake your, you know, your, your, your head back and forth, shake your shoulders, whatever you need to do, jump, allow the he your heels to hit the floor and just literally visualize, imagine, and by, you're not even imagining it's actually happening. You're releasing energy from your body. You're releasing energy on a cellular level. You're releasing the stress you're releasing the anger. These All these things have um, an energetic attachment to them. So we get to let them go if we choose. This is, again, about conscious choice. So it might feel strange, but trust me, put on a, mute, a song that's like three minutes long. I usually do it for like seven minutes or even 11 minutes because I love it. And you feel so free after. You, have a, you feel like a different person after. If you're hurting, if you're suffering, if you're angry, if you're frustrated, and you don't know what to do and you're just going to you think you're going to just sit there and sulk in it or be victim be the victim to whatever's happening in your life put on some music shake it the f out you're going to feel so much better you're going to feel more aligned and you're going to let go of this this energy that literally makes you sick if you decide to hold on to it so i always say what it, this is another major tool is this helping me or is it hurting me whatever you're dealing with whether it's a thought whether it's an emotion, um, whether it's a decision that you have to make, is this helping me or hurting me? It it simplifies the challenge pretty quickly. And listen to your intuition. Don't try to logically make all the reasons and make the pros and cons list. It's like a quick decision. Is this helping me or hurting me? It's hurting me. Okay, if it's hurting me, why do I want to hold on to it? What What is it doing for me if I hold on to it? And there's just asking yourself some some really straight, simple questions. 
and listening to the answer from within. Yeah, doing that little shaking exercise and then doing breath work is powerful. Huge. Huge. Yes. Yeah, so powerful. Because you're getting rid of that density. You're getting rid of that density, that that low vibration, which is that vibration of sadness, of anger, of frustration, of jealousy, of all these these denser emotions. So then it allow and it helps you to to clear. You're literally clearing your body, your mind, and your soul yes. to really dive deep into the breath work because breath work brings you deeper into your consciousness, into your truth. Yes. So yeah, shaking before breath work. Yeah. <laughs> Power. <laughs> You're so amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and sharing your arena moment because I know that you know what you have you have been able to change some people's lives today just through that vulnerability because i know there's so many women that can absolutely relate to you so thank you for that Mm, thank you thank you for having me here and happy to share my story because i know through sharing story sharing vulnerably we can touch people's lives i've been touched and healed by so many people sharing their story vulnerably and we're all together on this. We're all we're all working to um, really reclaim our lives and and find that peace and happiness, authentic peace and happiness. Yes. So I would love for you just to share what it is that you do. So if there's someone on this podcast that's like, man, I need to connect with her. What do you do, and how can women connect with you? Yes, I'd love to. So I am a spiritual consciousness coach. So I work with women to help them reconnect to their authentic selves through consciousness practices, helping them to really release belief systems that aren't working, that are keeping them stuck, to heal trauma that they've been carrying with them and um, specializing with women who moms or wives or partners that have somebody struggling with addiction codependency and enabling. So I'm all about women's empowerment. We all have different things that we're struggling with. Um, And really it's about if you're feeling disconnected from self, if you're struggling and you've been struggling, I can help you to target what isn't working, target the belief systems, heal the trauma and step into your true authentic self, that soul essence that you are to live your life authentically and free. And so how, what's the best way to get in touch with you? You can find me on Instagram at truly11, um, or you can find me on my website, trulyconnected.com. Awesome. Is it, is your Instagram trulyconnected11 as well? Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Instagram is trulyconnected11 and Facebook is Jenny MC. I'll send, I'll send you the the uh, info if you want it for after. Well, I'll put it in show notes. So if you want uh, to, to connect with Ginny, I'll put it in show notes as well. If you are driving and you didn't have an opportunity to write that down, please don't be writing as you're driving. So I will have that information for you. And Ginny, thank you so much. What a pleasure. What an honor to spend this time with you. It's always magical every time we're together. And um, I just love your heart, love your spirit. And thank you for doing the healing work that's going to impact so many lives. Thank you, Deanna. Thank you so much for having me. I love you, girl. (laughs) Yes. And thank you, everyone, for being a part of this community. As always, such a blessing, such a blessing. And I look forward to seeing you next Tuesday.
God bless. I'm honored to have you as part of the Limitless community. If this podcast has added value to you, I'm going to ask you to do two things for me. Number one, share it with your family and friends. And number two, go to Apple Podcasts and rate and review this podcast. Follow me on Instagram at Deanna Heron. I always love hearing from you. If you would love more about what's happening in the Deanna Heron world, you can go to DeannaHeron.net, subscribe to my email list, or even be a part of my private Facebook group. I look forward to seeing you next week. God bless you.